This is episode 438 of the AWS podcast, released on April 25th, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back and we have a very large update show to give you today. Uh, lots and lots of things are going on. Now I'm flying solo for this one. Nikki will join me for the next one. She's uh, off ill so we hope she gets well soon. But without further ado, let's launch in and with some of these updates, I'll go very quickly through them uh, depending on the level of detail we can cover because as I mentioned, there are quite a lot. So let's start with the topic of analytics. We're pleased to announce the general availability of Aqua for Amazon Redshift. This is the Advanced Query Accelerator. Now, Aqua provides a new distributed and hardware accelerated cache that brings compute to the storage layer for Amazon Redshift and delivers up to 10 times faster query performance than other enterprise cloud data warehouses. Now, this is a really amazing technology. We've been talking about it for a while, so you can now dive deep into it and take advantage of it. It's available all over the place for you to take advantage of in Ohio, North Virginia, Oregon, Ireland, Tokyo regions, and will expand to more in the coming months. Amazon Redshift now supports data sharing when producer clusters are paused. So what this does is allows you to share live data for read purposes without the complexity and delays associated with data copies and data movement. Now, Redshift already allows you to pause and resume your data sharing consumer clusters on demand or based on a schedule according to your workload demands. But with this new capability, producer clusters can also be paused while still allowing data sharing with consumer clusters. Very, very cool. You can now clean and transform data with an interactive point-and-click visual interface from Amazon Redshift, Snowflake, Microsoft SQL Server, MySQL, Oracle Database, and PostgreSQL through native JWC connectors in AWS Glue Data Brew. So in just a few clicks, you can configure these connections in the management console to directly explore and experiment with data sets from AWS Data Lakes, data warehouses, and databases without writing code. So this is a great improvement to the capability of AWS Glue Data Brew. Announcing cross VPC support for Amazon Redshift powered by AWS PrivateLink. So Amazon Redshift now supports managed VPC endpoints, which means you can now connect to your Amazon Redshift cluster in a VPC privately without any data traveling across public IPs or anything like that. A great new capability available for you in Amazon Athena, which is one of my favorite services, user-defined functions or UDFs are now generally available. Now UDFs enable users to apply custom operations to their data. Now while Athena provides a wide range of built-in functions, users can extend these capabilities with their own functions and use them directly within their queries. So this is really useful for addressing specific use cases you might have, such as redacting or encrypting sensitive data, without the need for complex data processing steps elsewhere in the data pipeline. Now you can write your UDF in Java using the Athena Query Federation SDK. And when a UDF is used in for an Athena query, it's executed with AWS Lambda. So very familiar type structure to use. Another update for Athena is it now presents query execution plans to aid tuning. So when querying large and complex data sets, you're often unaware of how your query will be executed or how optimizations will impact performance. Now you can use the explain statement to understand and improve the efficiency of your queries. And I highly recommend it. It's a really useful capability. If you've ever done any deep work with a database and SQL, your explain plan is the magic that makes you a performance tuning wizard. 
Amazon Managed Service for Grafana now supports Grafana Enterprise Upgrade, Grafana version 7.5, Open Distro for Elasticsearch integration and AWS billing reports. So lots of stuff there. If that's a particular service you use, uh, it's far more capable than ever before. Amazon Elasticsearch Service now supports integration with Microsoft Power BI. So this is a business analytics service that gives you fast informed decisions and insights and powered by the open distro for Elasticsearch ODBC driver, you can now integrate your Microsoft Power BI environment with your Elasticsearch service domains using the open distro for Elasticsearch SQL engine. AWS Data Exchange has launched post subscription wizard to configure revision exports to Amazon S3. So this gives you an easy way to set up export jobs upon subscribing to products. So instead of navigating to separate screens, subscribers can use the AWS Data Exchange console to configure export jobs that will begin automatically after their subscription is completed. So this reduces friction and time to value for customers, and it makes it really easy to just get the data when you need it on a regular basis. An update for Amazon Kinesis data streams for Amazon DynamoDB. It now supports AWS CloudFormation. So you can string it all together with infrastructure as code, which is the best way to do things. And Amazon Kinesis Data Analytics now supports Python with Apache Flink version 1.11. So you can now use uh, Python version 3.7 and you can write streaming applications in the Python language and run them through Apache Flink version 1.11 on Amazon Kinesis Data Analytics. Now, Amazon uh, Apache Flink, I should say, version 1.11 offers support for Python through the Table API, which is a unified relational API for data processing. Some updates for AWS Glue. It now supports missing value imputation based on machine learning. So you can use the fill missing values transform to get predicted values for blank entries in a column of your data. So this makes it really easy to clean data sets that have null or empty values so you don't have to account for them at query time, which is pretty nifty. AWS Glue also now supports cross-account reads from Amazon Kinesis data streams. So Glue can now read from those different streams in a different AWS account other than the one running the job. So this lets you do uh, ETL jobs from the consumer account rather from the producer account, which means you can have all your ETA in ETL, I should say, in the one place, and it makes integration easier. AWS Glue also now has a preview of AWS Glue custom blueprints. Now, AWS Glue Custom Blueprints make it easy for data engineers to create repeatable AWS Glue workflows. So basically, you can identify a repeatable data integration workflow, build it up, and you can repeat it, share it, just provide some input parameters, and away you go. It's available for public preview. Check it out. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear what you think about it. AWS Glue Data Brew also now supports time-based, pattern-based, and customizable parameters to create dynamic data sets. So now you can schedule data preparation on new incoming Amazon S3 files or apply transformations on filtered or conditionally chosen files or folders in S3. So lots more power there. And we also now have we can the ability, I should say, to detect outliers and use dedicated transforms to handle outliers in AWS Glue Data Brew. So again, more power when you're doing your data manipulation. AWS Data Exchange providers can now copy product metadata from their existing products to a new product. So this means providers can copy descriptions, data sets, and public offers from their existing products to a new product. So it's much easier and quicker to get up and running. A small but important change. And speaking of data sets, new data sets are available on the registry of open data on AWS from the US Geological Survey, the Swiss Institute of Bioinformatics, iNaturalist.org, and more. 
Again, the Registry of Open Data is a great resource if you're doing analytical work and needing to enrich your data, etc. It has a vast array of really powerful data sets that are all available for you to use in domains like geospatial, life science, climate and weather, uh, statistical and regulatory data, etc. Amazon EMR, Elastic MapReduce, now supports the Amazon EC2 Instance Metadata Service version 2 in addition to version 1. Uh, instance metadata is something that helps you configure and manage your running instances. Now, IMDSv1 is fully secure and AWS will continue to support it, but IMDSv2 adds new Belton suspenders protections for four types of vulnerabilities that could be used to try and access this data. So very nice that it's there. Also happy to announce Step Functions integration with Amazon EMR on EKS. So it is now integrated with EMR on the Elastic Kubernetes service, making it easier to integrate Apache Spark-based jobs into your analytics pipeline. You can now build workflows, including steps to manage EMR on EKS virtual clusters and submit jobs without writing code to manage the state of the job. If all this analytics talk sounds interesting, there's a new digital course available called Getting Started with Data Analytics on AWS. It's a self-paced digital course available on Coursera and edX. It's a one-week course and you'll learn how to go from raw data to meaningful insights using services such as CloudTrail, Athena, QuickSight, etc. It's intended for business analysts, business intelligence analysts, data scientists and sysops administrators who are new to AWS data and analytics services. Moving on to the topic of application integration, Amazon EventBridge introduces support for cross-region event bus targets. So this allows customers to aggregate events into a central region. So customers can now have all their event information in one place, which makes it easier for developers to find those events and write code that reacts to them, manage permissions for access to sensitive events, and to generate insights that stem from events generated across the entire organizations. Customers can also reduce operational burden by removing the need to manage duplicate infrastructure in multiple regions. AWS Step Functions now adds new Dataflow Simulator for modeling input and output processing. So this makes it easier to figure out what is happening with your state machine and make sure it's working properly. So understanding how information flows from state to state and learning how to filter and manipulate the data is key to effectively designing and implementing workflows on AWS Step Functions. Now with the Dataflow Simulator, you can simulate each of the fields that Step Functions uses to process data such as input path, parameters, result selector, output path, and result path. The simulator provides side-by-side comparison showing the data before and after the field is applied and updates in real time as the field is changed. So this is really useful to help learn much more quickly. And a quick update for Amazon MQ, it now supports a RabbitMQ version 3.8.11. Patch update with several fixes and features compared to the previous version, which was 3.8.6. Moving on to the topic of compute. AWS Batch has increased job scheduling and EC2 instance scaling performance. Now, AWS Batch is a cloud-native batch scheduler that lets anyone schedule your batch jobs, which is kind of an important thing to do. It is now five, up to five times faster when scaling a managed EC2 compute environment, so it can get up and going much more quickly and scale differently and faster. In addition, AWS Batch is up to two times faster on dispatch rate of jobs 
from an AWS batch job queue to EC2 or EC2 spot compute. And there are 1.7 times higher limits on a variety of APIs as well. So basically more and faster is the headline there. AWS batch has also simplified permissions by introducing service linked roles. So this allows customers to easily delegate permissions to AWS batch to run their batch computing workloads. So it makes life a bit simpler on that front. And AWS batch now supports EFS volumes at the job level. So you can now specify EFS file systems in their AWS batch job definitions. AWS batch job using EFS will automatically mount the file system specified by the customer in the job definition and make them available to the jobs across availability zones. So this gives you persistent shared storage to be defined and used at the job level. Amazon CloudWatch Lambda Insights now supports AWS Lambda container images. This is now generally available and you can use this to monitor, troubleshoot and optimize the performance of AWS Lambda functions that are packaged and deployed as container images. With CloudWatch Lambda Insights, you have access to automated dashboards summarizing the performance and health of your Lambda functions. A really great update for EC2. We're very happy to introduce the interactive EC2 serial console. It's now generally available and it provides a simple and secure way to troubleshoot boot and network connectivity issues by establishing a connection to the serial port of an instance. Gives you a one-click text-based access to an instance's serial port as though a monitor and keyboard were attached to it, the old-fashioned crash cart as we used to call it in the data center. And you can use this for interactive troubleshooting. Now this is available for Nitro virtual instances running either Windows or Linux and is available at no additional cost in a large array of regions. Amazon EC2 Autoscaling introduces warm pools to accelerate scale out while saving money. Now what this does is allows you to run fewer continuously running instances. With warm pools, customers can improve the elasticity of their applications by creating a pool of pre-initialized EC2 instances that are ready to quickly serve application traffic. Additionally, warm pools offer a way to save compute costs by placing pre-initialized instances in a stopped state. So these are a good fit for those applications that have time-consuming initialization steps like loading gigabytes of data, provisioning services, or running custom scripts that can take several minutes or longer to serve traffic, which is really not great when you want to scale up. Now these applications can start pre-initialized, stopped instances to serve traffic as low as 30 seconds. And by default, when configured, a warm pool will maintain enough pre-initialized stopped instances so that the auto-scaling group can rapidly scale to its maximum size at any time. Additionally, Customers can run custom initialization steps on EC2 instances as they move to and from the warm pool using lifecycle hooks. This is a really great capability. Amazon EC2 now allows you to copy AMIs across AWS GovCloud, AWS China, and other AWS regions. So if you need to share them across, you can. Amazon LightSail expands its blueprint selection with support for PrestaShop and CentOS 8. And AWS Lambda at Edge has changed billing duration granularity from 50 milliseconds down to one millisecond. So this will lower the price for most Lambda at Edge functions. So for more functions of a shorter duration, you get a lot uh, cheaper price. So something to take advantage of without having to really do anything. This change will be effective starting April 1st, 2021. Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service EKS now supports adding Amazon EC2 P4D instances as worker nodes to clusters in region where this instance type is available. These are the next generation of GPU-based instances that give you the best performance for machine learning training and high-performance computing in the cloud. Things like natural language processing, object detection and classification, and a whole bunch more. You can now add them in. Also, 
EKS now supports the Elastic Fabric Adapter, which enables applications to achieve the performance of an on-premises machine learning training cluster with the scalability, flexibility, and elasticity provided by Kubernetes clusters managed by EKS. We've talked about EFA in previous episodes, but it's great that it's available now for EKS. And EKS Control, the official CLI for the EKS service, now lets you create node groups inside an Amazon EKS cluster by simply providing node requirements in vCPU, memory, or GPUs. It also now lets you preview the cluster configuration before creating a new cluster or a new node group by using the new dry run mode. Always good to test before you run things, so dry run mode helps you with that. Moving on to the topic of cost management. You can now use tags to track and allocate Amazon SageMaker Studio Notebook costs. Uh, SageMaker is a really great capability for doing all kinds of machine learning and being able to track them appropriately makes life easier if you're doing any recharge. And AWS Budgets announces CloudFormation support for budget actions. So you can now configure budget actions to enforce budget limits for your AWS budget resources in your CloudFormation templates, stacks, and stack sets. And you can also define the action you want to take in your account when a budget exceeds the threshold that you define. Now, this could be the actual or forecasted amount. This lets you reduce unintentional overspending in your account, and you can choose three different access type action types, I should say, identity and access management policies, service control policies, or target running instances like EC2 and RDS. Moving on to the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Connect now allows contact center managers to configure agent settings in a customer control panel or CCP. So for example, contact center managers may want to hide the phone type setting to prevent users from selecting a phone type that might increase costs or go against company policy. Alternatively, contact center managers can make the new auto device setting visible, which allows agents to select which speaker, microphone, or ringer device they want to use. So this enables agents to complete work away from their computer and still hear the inbound ringtone through the speaker when contacts come in. We also now have audio device settings for the custom control panel as well. So you can have a lot more control over what's going on. Amazon Connect customer profiles now include support for AWS CloudFormation. So you can set them up using our Ultra in CloudFormation. And it also now supports AWS Private Link. So you can now access them directly as a private endpoint within your secure virtual private network. And Amazon Pinpoint has announced improved journey controls. This allows customers to customize the user experience and when messages are sent. Moving on to the topic of database, Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL now supports BG Big M extension for faster full text search. This is useful for languages that require multi-byte character sets such as Japanese, Chinese, and Korean. And Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL now integrates with AWS Lambda. So you can now make calls to AWS Lambda functions from within Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL using stored procedures or user-defined functions. Amazon RDS for PostgreSQL also now supports minor versions 132, 1211, and Amazon RDS for SQL Server now supports extended events. This is a performance monitoring system that can be used to monitor and troubleshoot performance problems in SQL Server. Extended events are captured in event sessions, and each event session can capture events such as backup and restore, and collect information when events occur, so the actions that took place. 
this collected information is passed on to various destinations which are targets and extended event sessions are visible in the management tab of SQL Server Management Studio. Amazon Elasticash now supports tag-based access control. So by using this, you can control who has access, be they users, groups, and roles, to the Elasticash resources with matching tags. This provides you the capability to scale by reducing the number of distinct permissions you need to create to manage your AWS account. Amazon Elasticache for Redis now supports highly available clusters on AWS local zones. So it now supports running those clusters across multiple AWS local zones. Now, AWS local zones are an extension of an AWS region where you can run your latency-sensitive applications using AWS services in geographic proximity to end users. Previously, it was only supported in a single local zone. Now you can run it across multiples. And Amazon DocumentDB with MongoDB compatibility now supports event subscriptions. Using event subscriptions, you can now sign up to receive notifications for management events that occur on your Amazon DocumentDB clusters, instances, cluster snapshots, and parameter groups. Whenever events occur, Amazon DocumentDB leverages the SNS, Simple Notification Service, to notify the subscriber through supported methods such as email, text message, call to an HTTP endpoint, etc. Moving on to the topic of developer tools. Amazon CodeGuru announces a new lower and predictable pricing model for CodeGuru Reviewer. Now, this is a developer tool that leverages automated reasoning and machine learning to detect potential defects that's difficult to find in your code and offers suggestions for improvements. We are excited to announce a new repository size based pricing model with a price reduction of up to 90%, making it easier for customers to predictably scale their automated code reviews across software development processes. Now, since its launch in 2020, CodeGuru has helped developers reduce technical debt and time by scanning over 100 million lines of code. It's expanded, expanded the functionality, I should say, by adding support for Java and Python applications and is integrated with major repository providers such as GitHub, GitHub Enterprise, and Bitbucket. And it's also added new detectors to enable our customers to build security directly into their app development processes. So check it out. Pricing model has substantially changed and you think you'll find it really good. And as I touched on, Python support for Amazon Code Guru Reviewer is now generally available. So this launch expands the language support for Code Guru Reviewer and extends the coverage with increased number of recommendations from 40 plus new rules for the existing detectors and three newly created detectors around code maintainability, resource leaks and input validation. AWS CloudFormation command line interface, CFNCLI, now supports TypeScript, generally available. So this lets you create your AWS and third-party resource types using the TypeScript programming language, if that's the one you prefer. The AWS DevOps monitoring dashboard solution is now generally available. This is a reference implementation that automates a setup of DevOps metrics dashboards so that customers developing on AWS can measure development activity and identify areas for continued improvement. It gives you a whole set of different metrics that you can display and is really useful when you want to throw it up on that big screen in the corner of your development environment. Uh, away you go. AWS Cloud Shell is now available in the Mumbai, Sydney and Frankfurt regions, generally available. This is a browser-based shell that makes it easier to securely manage, explore and interact with your AWS resources. Now, Cloud Shell is pre-authenticated with your console credentials. Common development tools are pre-installed, so no local installation or configuration is required. And you can run scripts with the AWS CLI, define infrastructure with a CDK, uh, experiment with services using SDKs, or do a bunch of other useful stuff. 
Moving on to the topic of end user computing, Amazon AppStrip 2.0 adds support for fully managed image updates. So now you can keep your AppStream 2.0 images up to date with the latest Windows operating system updates, driver updates, and AppStream 2.0 agent software. Previously, you kept them up to date by installing applications on the latest based image each time a new image is released, or by installing updates for the Windows operating system, your applications and dependencies on a new or existing image using the image builder. With this launch, you can select the image that you want to update, and with a single action, AppStream 2.0 creates an image builder in the same AWS account and region to install the updates and create the new image. Amazon Workspace's webcam support is now generally available. So it now supports real-time audio video by seamlessly redirecting your local webcam video input to Workspace's desktops. So kind of useful when you're doing a lot of video conferencing and other streaming type stuff. This is available at no additional charge on Workspace's Windows desktops using the Workspace's streaming protocol or WSP, which is a cloud native streaming protocol that enables a consistent user experience when your end users are accessing their workspaces across global distances and on unreliable networks. And Amazon Workspaces now supports smart cards with the Workspaces Mac OS client application. So you can now support the common access card and personal identity verification PIV smart cards. This smart card support is available on workspaces using the Workspaces streaming protocol, which we just spoke about as well. And with this launch, CAC slash PIV smart card support with the macOS client enables access to protected applications within a Workspaces instance or authentication into a Workspace instance pre-session or post-session. There is also a new AWS Solutions Consulting offer, Workspaces Manager for Amazon Workspaces. Speaking of Workspaces, there is also a new AWS Solutions Consulting offering, which is Workspaces Manager for Amazon Workspaces. This is ideal for customers who are looking to optimize, automate, and reduce the day-to-day management of their Workspaces estate. Customers that request this consulting offer will participate in an engagement that delivers automation of the administration, integration into existing support mechanisms and right-sizing the Amazon Workspaces estate to ensure cost efficiency. And an update for Amazon WorkDocs, it offers additional sharing controls throughout its Android app. With this release, you can now share a folder as well as edit sharing permissions, such as adding or removing members of the shared folder. You can also share a link as well as manage shared links for files and folders, such as removing your shared link, adding a password to your shared link or setting expiration dates for your shared link plus a bunch of other cool stuff. On to the topic of game tech. AWS announces general availability of Amazon GameLift Q notifications. Trusted by some of the most successful game companies in the world, like Wargaming, Ubisoft, and more, GameLift deploys, operates, and scales dedicated servers for multiplayer games. With this new update, you as a game developer can now receive automatic notifications when changes take place to the state of your player queues on GameLift. And this is intended to make it a bit easier to provide a reliable way to handle queue state changes, to streamline backend development, and to benefit from a trusted service so you know how things work and how they can be taken at best advantage of. Moving on to the next topic, which is the Internet of Things. AWS IoT Analytics adds schema interface support for Apache Parquet-based data stores. So now you can use the Apache Parquet format. Previously, you had to specify the schema for your data, and this feature helps simplify the customer experience by automatically inferring the schema from the stored data. Our customers can use this feature on the console to infer the column schema from a raw JSON or a channel or an existing Apache Parquet data store. 
We're also happy to announce configurable endpoints with custom domains are now generally available for AWS IoT Core. Configurable endpoints help customers maintain a consistent interface for existing devices as they transition their IoT applications to AWS IoT Core. So for example, by configuring custom domain names and custom authorizers for their data endpoints, customers can avoid having to provision their devices with new credentials and CA certificates when connecting them to AWS IoT Core. So this makes the migration process much easier. Moving on to the topic of machine learning, there's a new digital rewards and racer profile personalization feature on the Adibus Deep Racer console. Now, Adibus Deep Racer is the fastest way to get going with machine learning, and it gives developers the chance to learn ML hands-on with a 118th scale autonomous car, a 3D virtual racing simulator, and the world's largest global autonomous car racing league. Now, the 2021 AWS Deep Racer League Virtual Circuit is now underway, and developers have five times more opportunities to win physical prizes, things like exclusive AWS Deep Racer merchandise, Evo devices, and even an expense-paid trip to AWS reInvent 2021 to compete in the AWS Deep Racer Championship Cup. So there are new digital car customizations for every participant in the league. And for each month that you participate, you'll earn a reward exclusive to that race and division. And new digital rewards allow you to customize your car on the track and your new racer profile page allows you to customize your personal appearance across the Adibus Deep Racer console. So avatar tool, other cool stuff, lots of fun things to play with there. Amazon Fraud Detector now automates sampling for imbalanced model training data sets. Now, this is a fully managed service that makes it easy to identify potentially fraudulent online activities, like the creation of fake accounts or online payment fraud, etc. Now, to train an ML model, customers provide a data set that contains examples of legitimate and fraudulent events related to the business activity they want to evaluate for fraud risk. Now, these fraud data sets are often highly imbalanced, which is probably a good thing. You want more things to be not fraud. So for example, a data set containing 1 million past transactions may only include 5,000 fraudulent ones corresponding to a fraud rate of 0.5 of 1%. This imbalance in the training data can lead to lower model performance which results in the customer capturing less fraud. There are a number of common techniques used to treat imbalanced data sets, but applying them all requires ML expertise and the best technique often depends on the characteristics of the particular data set. Fraud Detector now does it itself by calculating the fraud rate in your data set and if it's less than 5%, the service will downsample the data set to achieve the optimal distribution. This improves the model's fraud detector capture by up to 21% and facilitates faster and more stable model tuning. There are new options available to trigger Amazon SageMaker pipeline executions. Now, remember, Amazon SageMaker pipelines is the first purpose-built continuous integration and continuous deployment service for machine learning. And it's now supported as a target for routing events in Amazon EventBridge. Now, this enables customers to trigger the execution of the Amazon SageMaker model building pipeline based on any event in their event bus or on a schedule by selecting the pipeline as the target in Amazon EventBridge. So for example, you could set up EventBridge to trigger the execution of the SageMaker model building pipeline when a new file with the training set is uploaded to Amazon S3 Bucket or when the SageMaker model monitor indicates a deviation in the model quality through alarms into the CloudWatch metrics. This makes automation super simple. 
Amazon Comprehend is a natural language processing service that uses machine learning to analyze text documents and identify insights such as sentiment, entities, and topics in text. And we are announcing support for two security-focused features, support for IAM condition keys and support for encrypting custom models with customer managed keys. So you get more security control over your environment. We're happy to announce Amazon Forecast Weather Index for Canada. Weather Index can increase your forecasting accuracy by automatically including the latest local weather information to your demand forecasts with one click and at no extra cost. With this launch, customers who have been using Weather Index for US and Europe locations can now also use the index for the Canada region as well, which includes 14-day weather forecasts. Really happy to announce that Amazon Lex launches support for Japanese. Now, Amazon Lex is a service for building conversational interfaces into any application using voice and text. It's pretty nifty when you use it. And it's powered by automatic speech recognition to convert speech to text and natural language understanding capabilities to recognize the intent of the text and let you build applications with lifelike conversational interactions. Now you can deliver a robust and localized conversational experience that understands Japanese. You can also respond to users with natural sounding Amazon poly Japanese voices and provide a fully localized voice experience. Amazon Transcribe Custom Language Models now supports Australian English, British English, Hindi and US Spanish. Now, custom language models allow you to use pre-existing data to build a custom speech engine for your specific batch transcription use cases and you don't need any prior machine learning experience. It uses text that you already possess, such as website content, instruction manuals, and other assets that cover your domain's unique lexicon and vocabulary. You upload it, and away you go. Now, it supports these different language types, uh, and it's funny to me that we distinguish between the different kinds of Englishes, but many of you who've listened to me for a long time know why we do that. Amazon Fraud Detector now supports batch fraud predictions. Now, as I mentioned, Fraud Detector is a fully managed service that makes it easy to identify fraudulent online activities. Batch prediction jobs calculate fraud predictions based on the customer's configured detection logic in the same way as the Get Event Prediction API. But with a batch prediction job, you point Fraud Detector to an input file stored in S3 that contains all the events you want to evaluate. The batch prediction job reads your input file, generates fraud predictions for each event, and outputs the results, including model scores and outcomes to an S3 location of your choice. A couple of updates for Amazon SageMaker. Amazon SageMaker Autopilot adds model explainability. Now, Amazon SageMaker Autopilot makes it easy to create highly accurate machine learning models, and it now provides an explainability report generated by Amazon SageMaker Clarify. This makes it easier to understand and explain how the models you create with SageMaker Autopilot make predictions. Explainability reports include feature importance values so you can understand how each attribute in your training data contributes to the predicted result as a percentage. The higher the percentage, the more strongly the feature impacts your model's predictions. You can download the explainability report as a human-readable file, view model properties including feature importance in Amazon SageMaker Studio, or access feature importance using the SageMaker Audio Pilot APIs. And Amazon SageMaker now supports private Docker registry authentication. So this is useful for authenticating the uh, requests that you make to pull images stored in your private Docker registry to build containers for real-time inference. Amazon Forecast now enables AWS resource groups. So this allows you to support the AWS resource groups tag editor and means that you can now group your resources together to manage and automate tasks on large numbers of AWS resources at one time. 
Now, as a reminder, Amazon Polly is a service that turns text into lifelike speech. And today we're excited to announce the general availability of all neural text-to-speech voices in the Canada and Seoul regions. And you can use voices such as the newscaster and conversational speaking style. In addition, you can continue to synthesize over 60 standard voices in 29 languages in the Amazon Polly portfolio. We're happy to announce that Amazon Lookout for Equipment is now generally available to all AWS customers. Now, Amazon Lookout for Equipment is a machine learning industrial equipment monitoring service that detects abnormal equipment behavior so customers can take action and avoid unplanned downtime. We've had another uh, episode on this particular topic. It is now generally available and you can check it out, all the cool stuff that it does. Also generally available is Amazon Lookout for Metrics. This is an ML service that detects anomalies or unexpected changes in your metrics, helping you proactively monitor the health of your business, diagnose issues, and find opportunities quickly with no ML experience required. And if all this ML talk has been interesting to you, we're very pleased to announce a new free ML training for business and technical leaders. This is the launch of the Machine Learning Essentials for Business and Technical Decision Makers, which is a series of three free digital courses. These on-demand courses are designed to help businesses and technical decision makers without machine learning experience understand ML basics and develop the skills to plan an ML strategy for their organization. Moving on to the topic of management and governance, you can now use macros and transforms in CloudFormation templates to create AWS CloudFormation stack sets. So this is a pretty cool capability. Previously, you couldn't use transforms in the CloudFormation templates to create a stack set. With this launch, you can use transforms such as AWS Include and AWS Serverless or use CloudFormation macros to create your own custom transforms to process your templates used for stack creation. So for example, you can create common string functions for templates or define shorthand syntax for common CloudFormation resources. It is a very cool capability and you can now use it for your stack sets. Amazon Macy has added CloudWatch logging for job status and health monitoring of sensitive data discovery jobs. So with this new feature, Amazon Macy automatically publishes job events to Amazon CloudWatch logs and you can see how your jobs are going and you can keep track of what's going on. Remember that Amazon Macy comes with a 30-day free trial for S3 bucket level inventory and evaluation of access control and encryption. Sensitive data discovery is free for the first one gig per account per region each month with additional scanning charged according to the Amazon Macy pricing plan. You can now reference the latest AWS Systems Manager parameter values in AWS CloudFormation templates without specifying parameter versions. If you choose not to specify the parameter version in the template, CloudFormation will automatically fetch the latest one from the parameter store. Huzzah. AWS CloudFormation modules now provides YAML and Delimiter support. Now, AWS CloudFormation modules encapsulate one or more AWS resources and their respective properties for reuse across your organizations. And modules make it simple to use the specific resources you need while keeping resource configurations aligned with your organizational best practices. You can now create YAML formatted modules in your CloudFormation templates. This follows the same anatomy as existing JSON formatted modules and we've also added delimiter support for modules as well. AWS Control Tower introduces changes to preventative S3 guardrails and updates to S3 bucket encryption protocols. Now, AWS Control Tower is releasing four new less restrictive mandatory preventative S3 log archive guardrails and changing the guidance of four previous more restrictive preventative S3 log archive guardrails from mandatory to elective. This gives you more flexibility in what you're doing and you can check in the show notes the details of the changes. Very relevant if you are wanting to use this particular capability. 
You can now deploy CloudFormation stacks concurrently across multiple AWS regions using AWS CloudFormation stack sets. This reduces the overall stack set provisioning times and provides a performance improvement when using stack sets. So stack sets extends the functionality of stacks by enabling you to create, update or delete stacks across multiple AWS accounts and regions with a single operation. Currently using stack sets, you can specify the region order preference to deploy stacks across AWS regions in a sequential manner. It now expands on that by providing the additional ability to deploy across AWS regions in parallel as part of your development preferences for the stack set. AWS Systems Manager Parameter Store now supports the removal of parameter labels. So this means that customers can now reorganize their parameter stores, parameters with new labels. AWS Systems Manager Run Command now displays more logs and enables log download from the console. So you now get up to 24,000 characters of the output log of a run command invocation from the console. This is up from the previous limit, which is two and a half thousand, so significantly more. And you can view the log output from an instance in the console itself. You'll see a separate output and error logs for each step in the run command invocation, and you can download those logs as well. AWS Systems Manager Parameter Store now supports easier public parameter discoverability. The new public parameter discoverability feature helps you easily search, find, and reference public parameters and their providers through the Parameter Store console and the API. Announcing Amazon CloudWatch Metric Streams. This is a new feature that enables customers to create a continuous near real-time stream of metrics to a destination of your choice. You can use metric streams to send metrics to partner solutions such as Datadog, New Relic, Splunk, Dynatrace, and Sumo Logic. Alternatively, you can send metrics to your own data lake on AWS, such as Amazon S3. This means you can continuously ingest monitoring data and combine billing and performance data with the latest CloudWatch metric data to create very rich data sets. AWS Config launches the ability to track and visualize compliance change history of conformance packs. So you can now see how the overall compliance status of a conformance pack changed over time and which rules within a conformance pack impacted the status change. You can aggregate conformance pack compliance data from multiple accounts and AWS regions using AWS config aggregators to get a centralized view of your compliance regimes and operational best practices. You can maintain up to seven years of history and you can also run AWS config advanced queries on this data for more details about your conformance pack compliance. AWS Config also adds pagination support for advanced queries that contain aggregate functions, so things like count and sum. Uh, you were previously limited to 500 rows. You are now pagination, so you can check as many things as you want. Divides everything into nice pages that you can scroll through. AWS License Manager adds the ability to set up exclusion rules for automated discovery. So you can now exclude instances that do not need license payment per a customer's license agreement. Now, AWS License Manager automatically tracks instances across AWS and on-premises environments based on customer-defined rules. While configuring automated discovery, administrators can now define exclusion rules using custom-defined tags or AWS account IDs to identify instances that should not count towards license usage. Now, this helps automated discovery exclude instances that match the rules and makes it just easy for you to get through your audit requirements. Moving on to the topic of media services, Amazon Interactive Video Service now adds new CloudWatch metrics. You can use these metrics to monitor the performance of your live streams. So you have the new concurrent streams metric providing a count of your channels which are streaming live and the new concurrent views metric which provides the number of simultaneous views across your live channels and for any individual content. And the 
interactive video service also adds support for recording live streams to Amazon S3. Saved video is available for actions like editing or replaying as a video on demand. AWS Elemental Media Live now supports HTML5 motion graphics overlay. So with an HTML5 source, you can add rich graphics directly onto your Media Live channel, including lower thirds, scrolling text, scoreboards, or full screen graphics. And AWS Elemental Media Convert now allows HLS inputs as well. HLS is a streaming format used for video distribution across a wide range of devices, including smartphones, desktop browsers, and connected TVs. Now, in general, you use Media Convert to create HLS outputs for distributing content to customers. But in some cases, it's beneficial to use HLS as an input format. For example, you could convert existing HLS content to a different format, repurpose content using the clipping, stitching, or image insertion features of Media Convert, a whole bunch of other reasons you might want to do it. Moving on to the topic of mobile, Amplify iOS is now available via Swift Package Manager or SPM. So you can now install it using that particular management capability. And iOS developers can interface with AWS services using the Amplify iOS, which is a use case based client library. Developers have been importing Amplify iOS through dependency management tools like CocoaPods. With Swift 3.0, Apple introduced a native package manager tool called Swift Package Manager that allows developers to manage these dependencies within their Swift project. As of April 7, 2021, developers can include Amplify iOS in their projects via Swift Package Manager. Data management is now generally available in the AWS Amplify admin UI. So this has new capabilities for seed data generation, data sorting, and data filtering. Launched in reInvent 2020, Amplify admin UI is an externally hosted console for front-end teams to visually create an app backend and manage the app content and users. The data management experience gives developers a visual browser to access and manipulate data. And the new GA capabilities allow developers to see data for the app with a single click and easily sort and filter their data, plus a whole bunch of other new capabilities. Amazon API Gateway custom domain names now support multi-level base path mappings. Using multi-level base path mappings, you can implement a path-based API versioning and migrate API traffic between APIs according to request paths with many segments. Amazon API Gateway also now provides IAM condition keys for governing endpoint authorization and logging configurations. So this means you can use condition keys as part of IAM and service control policies to govern your endpoint authorization and logging configurations. And it makes it very, very simple to control what and how things can be done. Onto the topic of networking and content delivery. AWS Transit Gateway Connect is now available in additional regions in the Milan, Hong Kong, Cape Town and Bahrain regions. Now AWS Transit Gateway Connect is a feature of AWS Transit Gateway that simplifies branch connectivity through native integration of software-defined wide area networking appliances into AWS. It gives you a lot of capability. It's available for more folks. And AWS Transit Gateway Connect has increased service quotas for route limits. You can now advertise up to 1,000 dynamic routes, which is an increase from 100 from a customer gateway appliance in an on-premises network or a virtual router appliance in a VPC to a Transit Gateway Connect peer. Similarly, you can now advertise up to 5,000 routes, an increase from 1,000 from a Transit Gateway Connect peer to a custom gateway appliance or a virtual router appliance. 
And as we continue to talk about uh, Transit Gateway, the IGMP multicast is now available in major AWS regions worldwide. So starting today, it supports IGMP multicast for regions such as Ohio, Canada Central, Sao Paulo, Stockholm, London, Frankfurt, Paris, Mumbai, Tokyo, Singapore, Seoul, Sydney, and others coming soon. IP multicast on AWS Transit Gateway helps customers build multicast applications in the cloud and distribute data across thousands of VPC networks. We're happy to announce the Amazon Route 53 Resolver DNS Firewall. This is a managed firewall that enables customers to block DNS queries made for known malicious domains and to allow queries for trusted domains. DNS Firewall provides more granular control over the DNS querying behavior of resources within your VPCs. This is a really great capability to enable a whole lot of security controls and management definitely worth diving in a lot more. And I'm also happy to announce that AWS Firewall Manager now supports centralized management of the Amazon Route 53 Resolver DNS Firewall. So this allows you to get up and running and applying security policies straight onto your DNS firewalls. Once configured, Firewall Manager will automatically create the DNS firewall rules, allowing or denying DNS queries made for certain domains in the accounts and VPCs you specified. Any changes you made to the rules as a central administrator are automatically applied downstream on the associated accounts and VPCs. This feature enables you to consistently enforce centrally mandated DNS firewall rules across your organizations, even as new accounts and VPCs are created within the organization. An update for the bring your own IP capability for VPC. It is now available in four additional regions, the GovCloud US East, GovCloud US West, Hong Kong region, and the Northern California region. AWS Direct Connect announces MaxSec encryption for dedicated 10 gig and 100 gig connections at select locations. So it now offers IEEE 802.1AE Mac security standard, otherwise known as MaxSec encryption. Until now, securing data in transit between your network and AWS at multi-gigabit speeds required the aggregation of multiple IPsec VPN tunnels to work around the throughput limits of a single VPN connection. The complexity of such a solution increases its operational risk and makes it less appealing to secure high-speed connectivity in excess of 10 gig. With the release of MaxSec support, AWS Direct Connect now delivers native near-line rate point-to-point encryption for 10 gig and 100 gig dedicated connections. So this means that data communication between your AWS and data center office co-location facility remain protected. MaxSec benefits customers that wish to exchange data with AWS securely and at the highest bandwidth available. The list of supported locations will be updated constantly as we make it available to additional locations, but this is a great thing to take advantage of because of the speed benefits as well as the security benefits. AWS Site-to-Site VPN has increased service quotas for route limits. So it is now increased the default service quotas for dynamic routes advertised to and from a Site-to-Site VPN connection on a transit gateway. You can now advertise up to 1,000 dynamic routes up from 100, and you can advertise 5,000 routes up from 1,000 from a Site-to-Site VPN connection on a transit gateway to a custom gateway device. Moving on to the topic of robotics, AWS RoboMaker now supports the ability to configure tools for simulation jobs. So you can now configure simulation jobs to diagnose or interact with RoboMaker simulations. The simulation tool configurator feature provides developers flexibility to use custom simulator tools in place of or in addition to the default simulator tools, things like Gazebo, RQT, RViz, and terminal access tools provided by default in RoboMaker. 
Moving on to the topic of satellite, AWS Grand Station is now available in US East North Virginia and EU Frankfurt regions. This adds to the already existing regions. So we have a list of regions of US West Oregon, US East Ohio, Bahrain, Stockholm, Sydney Island, Cape Town, North Virginia, Frankfurt, and the antenna location in Hawaii, US, and even more are coming soon. Some updates in the topic of security, identity, and compliance. AWS Identity and Access Management now makes it easier to relate a user's IAM role activity to their corporate identity. So when the source identity attribute is set, you can now easily connect an event logged by AWS CloudTrail with the identity of the user or application who performed that action. IAM Access Analyzer makes it easy to implement least privileged permissions by generating IAM policies based on access activity. So this is really useful in terms of generating the policy for you so you can see what the policy should be based upon what you might have set up. The AWS Security Hub Automated Response and Remediation Solution now has 11 new AWS Foundational Security Best Practice Controls added to it. So this gives you far more control over what you're doing and gives you new capabilities to support a wider variety of security controls. AWS WAF now supports labels to improve rule customization and reporting. You've heard me speak many times about how wonderful labeling is. You can now do it for your WAF rules. And AWS WAF also now adds support for custom responses. So it now supports configuring the HTTP status codes and the response body returned to the user when a request is blocked. So previously you just got a 403, forbidden. Now you can configure it to send out different status codes such as 300s, redirects, 400s, client errors, 500s, server errors, and a bunch of other cool stuff. AWS Firewall Manager now supports centralized deployment of the new AWS WAF bot control across your organization. Now, the recently launched AWS WAF bot control uh, is a new managed rule group that gives you visibility and control over common and pervasive bot traffic to your applications. And you can use bot control to protect your web applications from automated bots that consume excess resources, skew metrics, cause downtime, perform other bad stuff. Now you can use AWS Firewall Manager to control those rules. And quick update for AWS Security Hub, it now integrates with Amazon Macy to automatically ingest sensitive data findings for improved centralized security posture management. Onto the topic of storage. AWS Backup extends centralized backup management support for Amazon FSx to five additional AWS regions. So if you are using Amazon FSx, you can now back it up even easier using AWS Backup in Milan, Cape Town, Bahrain, and GovCloud regions. And related to this, Amazon FSx and AWS Backup has support for copying file system backups across AWS regions and AWS accounts to give you even more capability. We have a new AWS Solutions implementation, Amazon S3 Glacier Refreezer. This is a serverless solution that automatically copies entire Amazon S3 Glacier Vault archives to a defined destination in S3. The solution automates the optimized restore, copy, and transfer process and gives you a pre-built Amazon CloudWatch dashboard to see copy operation progress. And the last update for today, there is a new AWS Storage Gateway Management Console, which simplifies gateway creation and management. It has a refreshed look and feel, and you can now connect your gateway with a simple activation key to help speed up deployment and create new file shares using a streamlined process. So based on customer feedback, much, much easier. Wow. <laughs> so that was a lot of updates. I hope you hung with me. Thanks again for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.